Welcome to the Drawing from Experience podcast season two. The podcast where I explore everything related to the life and business of art and creativity. Join me as I interview artists and creative professionals, as well as my deep conversations on every aspect of the art life. Learn and grow with me as I explore what it means to be an artist in today's world. And I am your host, Shane Isaacowski. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, artists, weirdos, how's it going? How are you out there? This is Shane Isaacowski. I am your host of the Drawing From Experience podcast. Thank you so much to anybody who's joining me right now. I know, I know, I haven't been consistent. I've been failing pretty bad at that lately, but um, I feel like for good reason. So just trying to navigate this thing called life. So I am working on it. I am trying, um, doing the best I can. But today I was feeling a bit inspired and I was feeling like it's a good day. It is a good day to reflect on things and to try my hardest. So here I go. Uh, today I'm going to be talking to you guys about supporting your fellow artists. And we're going to delve into the topic in all different directions. And really what I'm hoping you come out of with this um, episode is basically that anyone can support. You don't have to be an artist to support other artists. You don't have to even be a collector. You know, you can just be a friend. And that's really the important thing that I want to talk about. But before we delve into that, I just want to give you guys some life updates and some things that I've been working on, some shows I'm doing and things like that. Um, you know, I am currently in the middle of convention season for me. And convention season really started, it really started technically a few months ago, but my most recent convention was Midsummer Scream and that was in Long Beach, California. And um, a lot of you who follow my social media had seen a post that I had made about um, about just basically being there and just really having all kinds of things happen to me leading up to the event. And that included uh, my car acting all crazy on the way there. Um, and uh, even just realizing at a certain point that I needed to make some kind of money over the weekend just to even get home. So, you know, and I don't put those posts out because I'm looking for pity or anything like that. I just really, there's times when, when I realize being real with the audience in that way and just being vulnerable and, and um, I feel like anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I'm okay with uh, showing that side of me and showing that it is difficult. You know, it's not an easy thing to, um, to navigate this kind of lifestyle all the time. You know, in fact, I feel like it's one of the most difficult things. Um, but you know, again, I'm a, I'm a positive person and I try to put stuff out there in such a way. So really the point of that post was, you know, maybe somebody else was struggling that same day, you know, maybe somebody else was having a difficult time. And to see that other people are willing to show themselves in that way, maybe makes somebody feel better about 
the situation that they're going through. And maybe right now you're thinking that too. Maybe you had a tough day and you're listening to this podcast and you just need something in your headphones while you're working or while you're on your commute into work or something. And you know, you're going through some stuff and, and hopefully my words and letting you know that I'm always going through stuff too, you know, and I'm always just trying to make it work. And some days it works and some days it doesn't. And so, yeah, so I hope that that post, if you guys um, don't know what I'm referring to, um, it was just a post from the actual convention itself. And I was just giving an update on, you know, traveling down to Long Beach by myself. And that's like, uh, it's basically like a six hour drive that took more like over seven hours to get there, um, taking breaks along the way and things like that. So, um, I feel like it was a successful event in the networking area of it. And what had happened really was I kind of realized that it was not the best event for sales. And generally when I have that realization, I need to figure out some way to maximize my experience there. And I realized if I just concentrated on sales, I was going to end up really disappointed over the weekend. So on Sunday, what I did the last day was I put up a sign because it was just me there by myself, put up a sign and just saying, I'll be back in five to 10 minutes. And I went around and I um, marked down on the map which vendors I wanted to go speak to quickly. So I did that. And because of that, I had a great networking um, experience. Again, I didn't have a great sales experience, but at least I had the networking part of it. So, um, you know, I encourage people to not get hung up on the negative parts of these kinds of events always. Um, if I was going to get hung up on that, then I would make myself go crazy because I just really you know, I needed to make money at that event and I didn't, didn't really make all that much money. So, um, the next event, however, son of monster Palooza in Burbank, if you guys are in Burbank, California or somewhere in Southern California, and you want to come meet me and you want to come say hello, um, that's a great opportunity to do so. That is in Burbank and it is on September 13th through 15th. Um, I'm going to be building out a little uh, artist table with my uh, convention set up, but in a smaller, more compact form. Um, I really like doing this. It kind of makes me feel like, uh, you know, not a traveling salesman, but sort of like an old school, you know, somebody traveling around to sell their wares, you know, and that's, um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to do that and I'm excited to build my audience in Southern California as much as I can. So eventually after laying the groundwork after a few years, um, people might start remembering who I am and seeing new pieces and getting excited about that. And hopefully the people who talk to me now will become collectors later. That's really the hope. So I have that coming up um, really soon and I have designer con in November. So I'm really excited about those. Um, and also uh, Ghosts of Christmas here in um, in the Bay Area. It's in Alameda. And my friends uh, Mary Searing and 
Caitlin McCarthy. I think I got your name right. <laughs> Caitlin McCarthy and Mary Searing are the ones who are actually putting on that show. So big shout out to them. What's really cool is I'm going to be painting a large 10 by 10 backdrop for a Krampus um, photo op, which is going to be pretty neat. So if you guys want to come out and check that out, um, please do. I will be posting about that on my social media. So find me on Instagram at Shane Isaacowski um, or Facebook. Find me on Facebook. So um, yeah, let's move on to, uh, I, I have a ton more stuff going on, but um, you know, let's move on to the topic at hand, shall we? And the topic at hand is about supporting your fellow artists. And I say fellow artists, but again, you don't have to be an artist to support. And I'm sure you know this, but um, for me as an artist, it's easy to support other artists. You know, I enjoy supporting other artists, even if I'm not into other artists' um, artwork, that's fine. It's actually better um, if I'm not into it because it's so easy to say yes when you are into the art. But if you're not, you're like, well, it kind of seems like a boring show or whatever. Even if it's a friend of yours, you're like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to go. But, um, you know, I urge people to go to those things, especially if it's artwork that you're not totally into because you might gain some understanding by going to that show. Um, let's do this. Imagine right now you are six years old again and you are having a birthday party and your parents are the ones who sent all the invitations out um, they went to all the other parents of all the other kids in your class and imagine if your mom and dad and you were the only ones at your sixth birthday party has that happened to you? Um, I don't recall that happening to me, but if it did, uh, I would be disappointed <laughs> as a six-year-old child being disappointed. So think about it though, you know, think about how important that was for you. And nowadays as an adult, you put way, way more into an art show. You know, you put together all your promotional materials, you put it out on social media, you do all of the work, you organize the show, you work with the gallery, or you host your own show at a different gallery or whatever. And imagine if nobody showed up. How would that make you feel? You know, aside from sales, you know, obviously not having any sales, just the fact that your friends and the people who um, say they want to support you didn't show up, you know, imagine that. And, um, that's what we're trying to avoid. That's what it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of a scary thing to think about where you're like, well, I'm not even sure if anybody's coming, you know? And I kind of consider myself a, a promoter and somebody who is good at networking. And, um, you know, I feel very lucky that I am, but it's, it is a skill that had to be learned and sometimes it's uncomfortable and sometimes it's not fun. Um, but I, I've seen the benefits of doing that. I've seen, um, why it's important. So, you know, as the artist, as the person putting on the show, you have to realize that it, it is important 
and the work of course is number one but the promotion is a very close number two and if not like neck and neck so um if you don't promote then you won't have people at your birthday party <laughs> so um you know and i'm not exactly even just talking about art shows i'm talking about if your friend is an artist or a musician or a performer or a 3d artist or a vr or ar artist um vocalists singers you know things like that it, just go and, and support them and that doesn't mean that's going to cost you money it doesn't mean that um you know you're going to have to put out shell out some cash to get in maybe sometimes you do and sometimes maybe that financial support is what your friend needs but it doesn't always mean that you know sometimes it just means showing up and being there and i'll tell you what like i remember a good portion of the the people who came to my art shows you know i remember that they were there and sometimes i need a reminder and sometimes people are like hey i was at that show i was like oh right you know and i i remember then and it's like duh yeah you were at that show i remember you typing on the typewriter at my midnight moon show you know and like on a personal note when things like that happen and you've been planning for as long as you can um to see friends who they can't some of them can't afford your work you know but you see them there and you see them interacting with the art or you see them asking you about it or uh they brought three of their friends you know things like that that means the world and i feel like you know, I feel like sometimes that that might be taken for granted and maybe some of those people don't feel comfortable coming back because it maybe they felt like it was a waste of their time because they didn't get to talk to you as much or something like that. But I always try to like apologize to people and let them know like, um, yeah, it's uh, it means a lot. Thank you so much for coming. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to talk to you tonight because I am trying to sell some work and blah, 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 blah. But generally people are very understanding you know, especially friends, and you can just let them know that you'll catch up with them later. So um, I know I'm kind of bouncing around here from the perspective of the supporter and the artist or the performer or whatever. Um, those are two different perspectives that I will be kind of crossing over and talking about a lot this episode. So, um, you know, again, with this idea of a patron or a collector of your artwork, of course you want you want those people there too. You don't just want your friends because no offense to your friends, but um, the significant majority of your friends will probably not buy the art, but they're there to support. That's the hope, you know, is that they're there to support your work. And if that just means having it be a crowded, amazing, sold out wall-to-wall -wall show of people, then great. You know, that means a lot too. So if you can't buy the art, share it, take photos, um, post it on your Instagram. Uh, there might be somebody on your feed that is like, oh my God, I've never heard of this artist. It's amazing. Um, let them know how long the exhibit is up for. You know, if you can't share it, uh, if you're not on social media, if you hate the Facebook, 
which I know a lot of people do. If you're not on Instagram, I know some people who are not on Instagram. Um, well, you're like, okay, well, how am I even supposed to share it? How about this? Remember a time when the internet did not exist? <laughs> Remember when we had to go out um, to other events and pass out flyers? Um, remember when we used to have to talk to people face to face, um, do that. If you are, are more of an analog person, um, if you can tell one person about the show, if you can bring three friends, um, do that. That's like, that's the best, you know, and it's the best feeling from, from an artist's perspective. It's like, wow, you cared enough to let other people know about my show. And that's the plans that you have tonight. You're coming to my show with your friends and then you're going to go out to dinner afterwards or drinks or whatever. And it's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm a part of your story for the evening. So what a cool thing, you know, that in itself is a gift. So, and who knows, one of your friends might actually purchase something you know, that's even better. So one thing that I noticed happens, uh, and I've experienced this, I've experienced the backlash of this, and it's people being friends with you on social media, and then you sharing things and inviting them to events all the time. And then people getting upset that you're inviting them to so many events and things like that. Um, I've actually felt this way about certain people and I always, I try to like kind of curb that, uh, that feeling and that thought process. Um, because I understand, you know, I understand that self-promotion is very, very important and it's difficult and to be churning it out over and over and then continually inviting people, probably people who ignore it will never see it. Um, but you keep on trying over and over. So for the receiving end of that, for the people who are receiving all of those invites, and maybe you're a person who never invites people to anything. Maybe you don't have events to invite people to. That's totally fine. But just know that the artists that are trying to promote themselves, it's not a malicious thing. It's not something that, um, you know, is like this mindless act of just inviting people. You know, it might be for some, but I I feel like you should be paying attention to the people who are inviting you places and um, and supporting that. And just if you again, if you can't go, just share it, you know, and um, one note I want to say about sharing on social media, something that is so much more successful than simply just hitting that share button and then posting it instead of just sharing the event. Um, share a story about why you know that artist or share what you think about their artwork or share a piece of their art and then the link to the event. Something like that that's a little bit more personal, you know, because that really helps. It helps your friends understand your relationship with this artist and it helps them build a rapport with people, with complete strangers. It's basically giving them some kind of street cred um, to say that, they are an artist that you should be paying attention to, you know? So if you can be honest in that way on social media and you could say, look, this is a friend of mine. I met them through another art show or I met them on a job or something and they're an incredible artist, really love their work. I can't attend this, but I suggest that you do. Like that is, that's huge, you know? So, um, I mean, do you see the difference between simply sharing it, sharing a random event 
with no context versus uh, the reason why you're sharing it, you know? So just think about that stuff when you are sharing on social media because it really, really does help and it helps us artists as well. You know, and we talk about this idea of support, supporting an artist. Um, and I'm talking from the perspective of somebody maybe who isn't an artist, but let's think about as an artist, you know, helping out your fellow artists and really supporting them. And I know it's tough when you're trying to promote your own stuff as well. You know, I kind of go through this sometimes with the idea of like, oh my God, I'm like oversharing. I'm sharing so much stuff. I'm sharing my stuff and then I'm sharing someone else's stuff. And there's an art span event that I'm curating and I'm running that art show. So I have to share that. So like, I think about all that kind of stuff too. And it kind of gives me pause sometimes. Um, but as artists, we have a tendency to want to help other people. And then we hope deep down inside that they'll come to our show as well. And I know I do this, you know, quite often, but I want to say that it's important to remember that you can't expect them. You can't expect people to support you back. And that isn't the reason why you should support people. You know, you can't really say if somebody is going to return that support to you. So what you have in your own control is supporting them. And that's the important part of that formula. And whichever way that's returned to you, I think is great. You know, and maybe it's never returned to you, but that's fine. You know, just the idea that you you spend a night, you spent a few hours um, supporting someone else. Honestly, like that makes me feel good about myself that I went out of my way to help support this other person. Again, I might not be able to afford the artwork, um, but just to go out and help support. I mean, I think that's huge. And I think that's important to remember, not just in the art world, but it's important to remember in your personal life, you know, just basically to um, help others and really don't expect that help to be returned in any way. Um, that's the purest form of, you know, just being true to yourself and helping people for the sake of helping people. And ultimately that, that feels good, you know? And I tell this to people all the time about helping people. And um, I tell this to myself all the time about receiving that help. And I'm like, yes, but like, you know, I can't, repay this person for the help that they're giving me. But I've been reminded over and over that um, that's there's already a return here, you know, and it might not feel like that, but the return is that that person feels good by helping you. That's the exchange most of the time in these regards. So like somebody is happy to help you, they'll let you know that they're happy to help you. And that return for them is the feel good portion of it. The part where they're like, I helped my friend today, you know, and that might seem like really hippy dippy or um, whatever, some kind of weird fluffy thing. But uh, it's true, though, you know, and I, I feel that way when I help people. I'm like, you know, I helped my friend today and I feel good about that. And sometimes Sometimes you need a break from 
being so consumed in your own life where helping somebody might be a good enough of a break from your own personal problems and daily tasks and work and family and things like that you know helping a friend who's an artist that that might feel the best that might be the best thing you've done all day and the only way to know that is to try it you know think about volunteering at like a soup kitchen you know you spent time doing that and you're feeding these people who normally wouldn't have that and at the end of the day you're like wow i feel really great i feel good that i did that I help people today. And that's the exchange. That's the, the feeling, you know. So um, I love that. And I love uh, staying positive in that way and, and just putting it out into the world and to the universe and let the universe know that, um, you know, you are part of this society. You're part of this community. You're part of, um, you know, a group of friends or whatever it is. And just putting that positivity out there. I think that's awesome. One excuse I hear quite often about, you know, supporting an art show. Generally, people are very excited. When you tell them about your art show, you give them the concept, they're like, wow, that sounds so cool. Um, some people in general are kind of apprehensive to even go to an art show. I know, crazy, right? Um, not that crazy, actually because the art world can seem really insular at times and if you're not an artist if you're somebody who um you know works a whole different kind of profession and they're not exposed to art and they have one art friend and the art friend is always trying to get them to come out to shows um they might be sitting at home thinking i don't know what the hell to talk about at an art show you know and that could be like really intimidating for some people. Um, but as the artist, um, you can let them know that they don't have to stand there with their glass of wine and talk very deeply about the certain pieces and what it means to them, and the thoughts and the feelings. Um, what you can do as the friend, as the person who is on the outside, who doesn't know what to do at an art show, this is a really great suggestion for you. Ask your friend, ask your artist friend, if you can help at their reception, if you can volunteer, if you could be a door person, um, if you can work the bar, if you can uh, you know, have a balloon tied to you and say, buy your art from this person, you know, they'll ring you up things like that. There's always some kind of a role that needs to be filled. Maybe you're a photographer. You're not an artist, but you're a photographer. Maybe you can photograph for your artist friend. You, you know, if there's anything that you can offer, you know, it's your service. Um, also, like, you can also suggest to them not even to just volunteer. You could say, look, do you need a photographer? You know, I, I, this is how much I charge, but if you need to hire somebody, um, I do this. You know, so that might be great. That might be the help that the person needs and they're willing to pay for it. So try that, you know. It's like you might not know what to do at that art show, but um, if you give yourself something that does feel more comfortable or a goal or a job or something like that, you might start feeling better about going to art shows. You might start feeling like you're a part of the art show. 
and and who knows some people go through their entire lives without that kind of art in their lives and um it's kind of a good way to segue into that thought process of supporting and helping and being a part of a community that you're not a part of and um, fitting in in a different way. And I think that part is important as well. In addition to helping them out at the actual show itself, um, you could help them before. You can help your friend who is putting together the work, putting together the show, organizing everything, promoting the show. You can help them promote. You know, you can um, offer to pass out flyers. You can, if you're a designer, maybe you're a graphic designer, you can, you can create the flyer for them. You know, that's kind of, that's going above and beyond. And I think that's really, really cool if you can support in that way because you then really do become a part of the actual show. So, um, yeah, anything that you can do, like if you are... If you happen to have uh, access to a venue and you know somebody who's a venue owner, you know, it's like you could talk to that venue owner for the artist and maybe you can hook up the artist to the venue. You know, all of those things people need, you know, people need those kinds of connections. So um, if you can supply that, then that might be good enough. That might be the thing that they need to do it. You know, and then going to the show is even better because then you have really actually helped um, pitch in and and bring it to life. So uh, you can also offer to, again, pass out flyers or hang posters or bring some postcards into work and hang them up at your workplace and talk to your uh, coworkers about it. You know, all of those things really do help and it gets more people in and it creates an atmosphere of um, a show that is, you know, sold out or at least um, wall to wall people, you know. And so if that's the, the kind of help that you can offer, offer that help. Also, just know that looking at art is actually scientifically good for you. It's good for your mind and it's good for your creative soul. Um, it feels good to be exposed to art. And, you know, for you fellow artists, for the people who are artists that, um, you know, you're creating your own work and it seems really daunting to have to go to other people's art shows, but, you know, you're going to feel really good when those artists come to your show or you're going to feel really... Um, good when they're helping you promote your show or they share it on social media or anything like that you know so for artists it also when you actually go to the show you can leave inspired you know you can go straight to the studio after that and start painting you know i know that that's that's something that happens to me i get super inspired going to other people's art shows and you know you have an idea of how you like to present your work what if you go to a show that's presented entirely different and there's some elements you don't like, but there's some elements that you really, really like and not going to that show means you missed out on seeing that. So I think that's important for artists to remember to get out and get out of your studio. And sometimes we become like these hermits where we're stuck in our studio all the time and we can't help it. We're just like, um, you know scratching away at this new body of work 
but you need rests, you need breaks, and you need to definitely um, help out your fellow artists because it, it is going to feel good. And so the reason I'm saying that there is scientific evidence that art can actually help your brain. There is. Can you believe it? Um, I'm going to link a uh, an article on The Telegraph where they state that 10% of blood flow increases when you're looking at art that you consider to be good art. 10% of your blood flow increases just by simply taking it in. Can you believe that? Um, I'm going to read a little bit about this to you guys right now. And again, I'm going to link the entire article. I suggest you go check that out. The Telegraph says, Human guinea pigs underwent brain scans while being shown a series of 30 paintings by some of the world's greatest artists. The artworks they considered most beautiful increased blood flow in a certain part of the brain by as much as 10%, the equivalent to gazing at a loved one. Paintings by John Constable Ingress, the French neoclassical painter, and Guido Reni, those of which I don't have any idea who they are, sorry, the 17th century Italian artist produced the most powerful pleasure response in those taking part in the experiment. Works, th this is very funny, um, works by Hieronymus Bosch, who is an influence on me, um, Honore Damier, 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 uh, sorry, and the Flemish artist Massis, uh, the ugliest, quote, ugliest art used in the experiment, led to the smallest increases in blood flow. <laughs> um, other paintings shown were by artists such as Monet, Rembrandt, Leonardo da Vinci, and Cezanne. So I found that pretty funny because that's along the lines of more of the artwork that I do. Um, and I'd actually really like to know a little bit more about that part of it. Later on in the article, they do mention about the people they chose to be the guinea pigs, um, maybe they had, it said something about them having um, not been exposed to as much artwork. They didn't have as many like predetermined thoughts about the art. So it seemed like they were stating that it was fair regardless. So um, I think it's interesting that the quote ugliest work the stuff that might not be as attractive to people um, didn't have as much of an effect on them so i mean that's something to keep in mind you know regardless it's like when you do the kind of artwork that you do you don't have a choice and you don't have a say in how people are going to react to it so uh it's basically like you're you're stuck in the I mean stuck is kind of a, a strong word but um, you're you're pigeonholed or you're put in a place where people appreciate it a certain way and um, and that's okay by me you know it's maybe the blood flow isn't as much as seeing a 
an original um, Monet piece or something like that. But I think I'd like to look into that more because if we're talking science, it might have something to do with colors and um, and also if you really want to get down to it, you can think about the person's childhood and what they were told and things like that. So um, I know that when I look at like creepy artwork or darker work, um, I, f I like get all jazzed up about it. You know, I'm like taken back by it. I just saw um, recently, I saw the Peter Paul Rubens exhibit called Early Rubens. It was at the Legion of Honor in San Francisco. And I was just in awe about these paintings and seeing these paintings from the 1600s. Um, a lot of them were religious paintings. And I was just amazed that they were doing that back in the 1600s and earlier. And the idea that these very scary or emotional um, and dark pieces were highly accepted, you know, and this artist became very well known for how uh, he was able to capture that kind of emotion. That really spoke to me as a dark artist, as somebody who really loves that kind of work. And, you know, even though it's religious, again, for those of you who don't know, I grew up Catholic up until eighth grade, you know, and um, I, I had seen a lot of imagery of crucifixion and things like that when I was younger. And we're just kind of, as kids, expected to be okay with that. But then um, you start making artwork that reflects things like that, darker subjects and maybe religious subjects. And then you're kind of like, as an adult or a young adult, you're sort of looked at as like, oh, well, why are they, why is this person, this kid like drawing uh, pictures of devils and scary things, you know? But if you look at some of these paintings uh, from Rubens, oh my God, I mean, there's, there's one that depicts um, the soldiers coming through and killing like the firstborn sons, you know, and it's there's corpses of babies on the street. And this was something that was, you know, commissioned by, I believe, by the Catholic Church. So it's crazy when you really look at the history of it. And this just like further um, increases the argument of how dark art has existed for so long. And you know, it's like a movement now, but it's been a movement. It's been something that's existed, something that was commissioned by churches, you know? So um, I, I think it's, it's easy to look at something with bright, colorful flowers and feel really good about it and feel good that um, you are looking at something that seems bright and cheery you know, and if you guys ever look at my work, some of the things that seem bright and cheery have an undertone to it, um, or a deeper meaning if you really delve into it, and sometimes that's really important to me where the aesthetic qualities of it um, are a certain way, and then when you look and you actually 
analyze what's going on, you start kind of realizing, oh, there's, you know, aside from the emotion in this person's eyes, they're holding this certain thing and that symbolizes this other thing. And, you know, that to me is like the important part of my body of work is just trying to capture stuff um, in a certain way and then also to hook in the audience a certain way and whether or not that plays off of their visceral feelings about something that looks scary or something that has beauty to it draws them in and then they start analyzing it for different reasons. That to me is like a huge win when you can bring somebody who's generally into bright, colorful, cheery work and you can bring them into your world and present it a certain way where they're looking at it and they're like, oh, that's really beautiful. And then they realize that this beautiful raccoon that has this certain look in its eye and it's kind of sad and it's offering this flower to the viewer and it seems so sweet. And what that actually is, is a red poppy, which is a deterrent to other raccoons. So the viewer is actually another raccoon and that raccoon is giving you something so you stay away from it, <laughs> you know? And that, that kind of stuff to me is like, is kind of fun because you can, um, you can kind of mess with people in that way, you know, where uh, they're not afraid to ask you because they think it's this cute raccoon. But then when it comes down to it, there's something deeper to it, you know? And that's, that's the power of art. That's something that as artists, we have power over. You know, tonight I actually led a reception for an art span show. Um, and then directly after that show, I went straight over to a friend's show. She had a solo show, uh, Inga Bard over at Code and Canvas. Beautiful show. She's a great painter and she has great ideas. She has these feminist ideas um, that thread throughout her work. Really, really great show. She has an entire event. She had a DJ. She had a live performer. Um, she had kind of a performance artist as soon as you walk in. Um, she had the, this person that had these shoes you strap on and basically whatever height you were, they had a different pair of shoes. And then everybody wearing these shoes ended up being the same height, which I thought was really inventive and fun. And I walked around on them a little bit and everyone wearing them were the same height that I was. So how cool was that? And it created some conversation and it was really, really a neat event. So as I'm walking home from that event, I'm thinking about this subject and about how supporting um, other friends is important. And you know, I think most of my friends know that I can't afford artwork. I can't afford to purchase original artwork right now, but I definitely can come support and I'm happy to do that. And I think that is something that everybody should think about. And even if you're not an artist, if you're somebody who can offer something else for people. So um, I know this is kind of a, a shorter episode here, but that's really most of what I wanted to say. And if you guys have anything to add to the conversation, please do. Please email me, um, dfepodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Stitcher. You can find me on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, and iTunes. Or you can go to my website, 
drawingfromexperience.com. Um, I'm really hoping to do some more for you guys. I know I've been lacking on that. My apologies. Life is crazy. Uh, I'm doing the best that I can over here. So um, if you guys keep listening when I put these out, I will keep putting them out. So thank you so much, guys. Have a lovely evening.